All right. What's up, beautiful people? Welcome to the Music Space podcast, where we explore the minds and talents in the music industry. Tonight, I am joined by my good friend, music extraordinaire, the bomb, Mr. Plays Every Instrument, Terrence Fisher. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is fun. Yep. So, Terrence, tonight, this is fun because I get to actually reverse the roles and talk to you. <laughs> talk to me. Yeah. And you get to relax and I... I'm going to sit back and chill. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, I know you well. We've known each other for whew, over years, 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 long years, like 15 <laughs> years, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we want the people to get to know you a little bit better. So tonight, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. I'm an open book. And we're going to talk about it. Let's do it. All right. So why don't you tell us how you guys started in music? Like, well, where was your beginning? Oh, good question. So my beginning was... Um, early, it was at an early age. I took a liking to music, I guess around six, seven, eight years old. I grew up in the sort of early eighties during the time where rap music was like, and hip hop was, you know, at its sort of Genesis. Okay. And, you know, so I started like little rap groups and stuff like that. Everybody was in the neighborhood was rapping and stuff like that. So that was kind of my first sort of intro into it. Like my first sort of interest in, in it or entrance in it rather. So it's, um, that's kind of how I got my start. And then just from there, it took its turn to, you know, playing instruments and getting into stuff, which I'm sure you ask about, but I'm just saying like, that was, that was kind of my entrance. And then, like I said, my parents, they both were, they weren't musicians, but they both thought they were. Okay. <laughs> they, both, they both were singers. You know, they could, my dad would walk around the house singing all the time. And so my mom, and then my mom was like in the church choir and stuff like that too. So. I mean, I kind of had a little bit of exposure to that style of music or just music in general. And that's kind of how what my entrance into the whole music industry, how it started. OK, now that's interesting, y'all, because I just learned something that I did not know. <laughs> let me find out you was out here rapping, Terrence. Man, look, <laughs> let me tell you something. I had a whole rap group, man. Let me tell you, like in middle school, I had a whole rap group, man. It was so funny. Like I went to my... Um, my high school reunion, reunion a few years ago. Yeah. Oh. And met up with some of those guys. We had a group. Look, the name of the group was called FDMC, the four deaf MCs. Bam. <laughs> tell me, tell me that wasn't dope. For the like the nineties when I was like in like middle school, like please. That was dope. So yeah, we used to rap, man. I look my name. Let me tell you what my name was. Okay, what was your stage name? T Rock. T Rock. I was T Rock. All right. T Rock. I could rap, man. I could okay, freestyle. I was, man, I'm telling you, I was into this whole thing. Did you name yourself that or did well, you? No, actually, one of the other group members did. Like, it was that time where everybody was trying to come up with, like, rap names, MC this, MC that. And okay. It was like, okay. it was first. I was like, MC T-Rock. So I was like, <laughs> T-Rock just, we just stuck with T-Rock. T-Rock so just it. stuck. That's that what it was. Okay. Well, we we will go with it. See, T-Rock. I'm not going to put you on the spot and, and make you bust the flow because this man, be look, many. Man, look, hey. Um, <laughs> Uh, nah. Man, I can't rap no more. Right. Listen, <laughs> we have moved on to Moved other on, things. yes, absolutely. Okay, well, I know that you play a lot of instruments, so why don't we talk about that? Why don't we talk uh -huh. about, because like you said, you were kind of dibbling, dabbling with rapping, but you yep. became an instrumentalist. Yep. What instrument did you start with, and then from there, what all did you learn how to play? Okay, so my very first instrument were was the drums. So, I mean, that's okay. typical for, you know, little 
boys and church boys, especially to, to get into drums. So yeah, it started with drums, man. My, I was at a church and this was really when my sort of interest really peaked in music. Like I was, you know, my family had moved from Texas to Louisiana and then we had started going to a church there in Louisiana in the city that we were in. And then, you know, just being the new person around in the neighborhood and all of that kind of stuff, I kind of took a liking. The drummer was my age. Okay. So he and I kind of got close and then, uh, and that's kind of was my entrance into that. So like I was, I remember sitting in church like on Sundays, like, oh my God, like moving your hands like a certain way and then being able to move At your feet. At the same that was so, time. Yeah, that was, that, it was really, no, that was really like exciting to me. So, I mean, that's where it started. That was my first instrument. And then believe it or not, from there, I went to saxophone. Oh. So, yeah, my, and one of the reasons for that was, so the drummer I was just telling you about that was at my church, his whole family was musicians. So he had an older brother, and I'll, we'll talk about about him later. Okay. He had an older brother, which was a multi-instrumentalist. And I mm-hmm. thought that was like the coolest thing. Like this dude, I will watch him get off the drums and get up and pick up a saxophone, then get on the piano and all of that kind of stuff. I was like, yeah, that's kind of what I want to do. Yeah. And then from there, I started playing piano actually pretty late in high school. Right. So it was my around the end of my 10th grade year. No, around the end of my, no, that's right. My 10th grade year in high school. And I started playing piano and I immediately picked it up. I could play a song from the time I started like playing on the piano. I could play music within a probably about a month after I started because that's how interested I was in it. It was like a toy to me. I was, I was doing every day, hours and hours and hours and hours on end. So it's like, that's where I went. So all right, so I'm not going to name all of the instruments. We'll, we'll be here too long. But so piano, I mean, everything on keys from there, all the keyboards, organs, and stuff like that. And then I picked up guitar. Then I picked up the bass. Um, and then from there, I went to college to get my degree in music, which, you know, you kind of have to be versed on multiple instruments in that. So, I mean, I kind of, the the primary ones I did there were like things like brass instruments, trumpets, uh I did sousaphone for a while, and then I did some woodwinds. I did more saxophone. I did clarinet, flute, stuff like that. So, yeah, that's pretty much the extent of <laughs> without going into all of the, you know, sort of secondary instruments or what I would call secondary did instruments. Did y'all catch that? So he has a music degree. Yeah. Go ahead, shout out <laughs> the HBCU. Gramlin State University, <laughs> the place where everybody is somebody. That's right. Gramlin State University. Yeah, that's where my music degree is. I mean, that's where I really got a lot of my training from too. I mean, it's, I owe a lot of what I do and how, what I learned and stuff from just being there at a university around teachers that were interested in teaching musicians and, um, you know, just other students as well. I mean, we all made each other better. So, yeah. And it's important to know that because I did not major in music, Mm -hmm. I majored in something else because at my, I went to Texas Southern University. Mm -hmm. HBCU. <laughs> but the music degree was a lot to take on. I oh, mean, it was. Yes. people think that it's like a, a walk in the park, easy. but it's not easy at all. Not so easy. Yeah. shout out to you for yeah. making that happen and, and staying with it. Yeah. And from there, I mean, I started, a lot of the people I started with, they didn't make it. You yeah. know, a lot of people <laughs> end up either dropping out or changing majors. Because when I went to college, oddly enough, it's different now, but like the, accreditation and stuff was different so like the amount of hours that you had to have especially if you were doing something like music education versus something like performance and music okay so 
and I, w- I started in music education. I eventually switched over to performance, but like it was basically like a double degree, like a double major you were doing. That's what I remember. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it was, I mean, I remember it being upwards of about 180 hours overall that you had to complete before graduation. And then, you know, going to school in Louisiana, it's different in it than it was in a lot of other states to even get certified to teach. Like you had to pass the graduate exam to uh, get certified. So it wasn't none of that like you can graduate and then get certified later. Right. Like you don't even graduate until, until you, you get yeah, until you take that exam and pass it. So yeah, it was it was tough. It was rough, but I mean it was like I said, I wouldn't change anything about it. Yeah, it was worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that leads me to my next question. What was like one of the toughest hurdles that you had to overcome in your music journey and in huh. your experience? Wow, the toughest hurdle. So it was definitely getting my degree. I mean, that was that was like really, really tough. I mean, especially when you have, I was able to, you know, at the risk of signing self-aggrandizing here, I was really good at what I did. I could play by ear really well. And when you have someone that can do that, especially at that age, it kind of makes things like getting a degree in music and learning to read music and all of this kind of stuff. It puts you in that mindset of like, why am I doing this? But I'm already good at this. I'm making money. I can do this already. So it was just that sort of challenge that was really, um, you know, really the thing to get past for me. Now, other than that, specifically in the industry, it was just really the toughest thing about it was just having the patience to wait it out. Because, you know, as we've talked about before, and what I try to tell people all the time is that you know, this is something that takes patience. You don't necessarily move up this ladder really, really quickly and it can take time. And then you have people telling you, especially during the time I grew up where, you know, being a musician isn't a real job and all of that kind of stuff. And you have to fight past that stuff and believe in what you, you know, what you want to do and, you know, who you are. So those are just some of the challenges that I have, but definitely the toughest thing I had was like just getting through college and trying to get out of there, man, and start life. Yeah. And you said something right there in the music industry and being a person who has a passion for music, you have to overcome a lot of criticism, A a lot of skepticism about is this going to pan out? Like, what's your plan B? That is yeah. the number one question oh, absolutely. that musicians yeah. get asked yeah. because it's not looked upon as a real substantial yeah. job. I mean, it is more so now than it was, you know, say 20, 25 years ago, now that things have changed. But, you know, especially in the time from people like our parents, our parents' age that came up in a different era right? where, you know, it was the thing was to, you know, get a, a good job, working job, support your family, right. all of that kind of stuff. And stuff like music and arts and stuff like that was just seen as like a pastime. Right. Like a this hobby. Is, yeah, a hobby. Like <laughs> this is nothing you do. Like, what are you serious? You're going to be a musician? Like what? Right. Like, like, you know, and then to put on top of that, musicians had a bad reputation. So, I mean, it was like no parent just really wanted their child to be a musician. It was like the doctors and lawyers, you know, I want you to go to school to be a doctor, lawyer, that kind of thing. Like Something guaranteed. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, but yeah, yeah, so I'm glad that you said that. So tell me, Terrence, uh-huh. what are you listening to right now? Are you studying anything, any, mm. any artists or musicians? Yeah. Um, so I'm always listening and studying somebody <laughs> like it's, I mean, it's cause it's such a integral part of what I do. I'm always having to do it, but just on my own voluntarily, I, I tend to seek out a lot of unknown artists. Okay. 
Um, so I'm always searching like SoundCloud and things like that for artists and stuff that, you know, aren't mainstream that you don't normally hear on the radio. Um, just for the sake that of that, the fact that they're tend to be a little bit more creative. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like people who aren't signed to labels, they have the freedom to kind of do what they want to do and how they want to do it. And they're not under, you know, the, the whole system and trying to get their stuff on the radio necessarily there's a little bit more of a creative vibe in that than what you would normally hear. So I, I search out those things and, and kind of study them and just see the ideas that people are coming up with. And that helps keep my, you know, my creative juices flowing as well. So that's kind of the things I'm listening to. And of course I listen to the mainstream stuff. I mean, it's because I have to perform it and play it right? all the time. So, I mean, I have to listen to that. So, I mean, it's all of that is in my Ingrams at the same time, but just what I'm searching out to study, it's basically the artist that I can find, Somebody that's unknown, somebody that's in another country that's doing a different style of music or different type of music or whatever. That's the kind of stuff I search out. You hear that? So if you're on SoundCloud, Terrence <laughs> Fisher may be listening yeah. to your music. Oh, absolutely. At the moment. Absolutely. So, you know, yeah. it, that's a, it's good that you do that because yeah. it's something fresh and new. Yeah, absolutely. And we all know that, like, in the music industry, that's a big deal. So tell me. How important is it, do you think, for musicians to remain innovative, um, fresh, you know, just yeah. open-minded? That's a really good question, too. Um, I think it's really important, but not for the sake of, you know, anybody else thinking that you're innovative and fresh. I think it's just important to do it for yourself. Right. You know, to to know that you can have a bit of an originality to yourself and what you do and that what you're doing is not necessarily copied from someone else's style or, you know, like what we used to call back in the day, biting off somebody else's style. <laughs> like, like you, you, it's a bit of a ego boost or well, not necessarily ego boost, but it is an ego part of it. But it's just like a, a, a self sort of serving thing where you can say, I I'm, I'm being innovative. And I think that's what ultimately kind of feeds our soul in this whole music thing that we're doing in the first place. Like it's, you know, one of the reasons we all get into it is for stuff like money and fame and all of that kind of stuff. But there's another part of it that, you know, we're we're expressing ourselves and we're we're putting ourselves out there. And I think ideally what we all want is to have a little bit of an originality and be as innovative as possible. So, yes, everything that we're doing or everything that you can do to keep things fresh and innovative, always do that. And it's you know, it's really refreshing now because, again, like I say, we have a lot of we're in a new musical era where, you know, you can do that and you don't have to worry about not being signed to a label or your label demanding you do a particular thing. So, yes, it's really important to to do that just for self. Exactly. So yeah. speaking of that, mm -hmm. you mentioned how things are so different. Yeah. What would you say is the greatest difference between like when we started uh -huh obviously in seeing the evolution of music until yeah. today, what has been the greatest change in the music industry? Really good question as well. I, I would point to the one word I would use to sum it up is freedom. Mm -hmm. That's the one word I would use to sum it up. And what I mean by that is just, again, the freedom to do things the way that we want to do without being controlled by, you know, outside influences, you know, things like music labels, telling you what to do, telling you what to record, telling you how many albums you need to put out, okay. all of that kind of stuff. You have the freedom and you can, the, the playing field has sort of been leveled, you know I mean? You can 
there are successful people out there just on YouTube, man, making YouTube videos with millions and millions of followers Absolutely. and making millions and millions of, of dollars a year yeah. just by making videos of their own music and performing on, you know, putting up a camera and performing on YouTube. So, you know, that's the biggest thing for me. And I think that's the one of the most sort of encouraging thing for us musicians and artists as well, because we can do that. All, that's available to us now. Absolutely. You know, we can get out there and, and just start a YouTube channel, get on Instagram, get on Facebook or whatever and start performing. And it's like, you know, we could make a serious living out of that. It's Absolutely. no longer again, like you have to search out the labels again. That's the one of the biggest difference and one of the biggest evolutions that I've seen. And that's, I think, one of the most important because if people really, you know, I, I we have this thing of if there's a principle that I forget what it's called, but like when you grew up in a different time and you tend to see things from a different time versus now, so like people who are only like in their 20s and stuff like that now, they don't understand what I'm saying from like time of, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago where you, it was different. Like you had to hustle hard, man. Like it was, you get signed by a label or you're not going to make it. Like, And you, you could get signed by a label and you could also be shelved too. Right. Like absolutely. there's so many there was no guarantees. untapped into talented individuals yeah. in the world yeah. that never made it to right any type of platform, social media, or public streaming because we were in a different age. Yeah, that's right. And then, like, you know, so there was no guarantees that anybody would make it. The only thing we see is the people who did make right. it. So, I mean, that's, <laughs> like, I mean, you had to hustle hard. And now the fact that you can literally just buy a camera or use your phone and, you huh? know, sit the phone up in your bedroom, record some videos of yourself performing your own original songs and make millions of dollars off of that. That's That's, like, groundbreaking. But that's like one of the biggest changes I've seen. Like, that's the biggest evolution for musicians. And it's only getting better. Only getting better. And I would say, because we're both from different generations uh -huh. than what we see today. Yeah, yeah. If you're of the generation where you weren't so tech savvy, get, get a book, read, look on YouTube, figure out how to do it because... The opportunity is there. Yeah. You know, if you'll make it happen. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. So here's what I'm going to say. We're talking about the new age and everything. Uh -huh. Let's say there's someone that's in their 30s, 40s, maybe even 50s, uh -huh. and they're thinking about they've always wanted to learn an instrument. Uh -huh. Would you say it's too late or like what advice would you give them? Absolutely not too late. Absolutely not too late. Like I teach people who are in their 60s now who are just you know a lot of people have those what we used to refer to as midlife crises and all of that kind of stuff and you know however you want to judge that but there are people who in their 60s and 70s have this sort of new you know breath of life for them and want to explore things that they never got a chance to explore in their early lives for whatever reason and they start to learn instruments they skydive they do all of these things and it's they really can do it like I mean, I'm not saying that you become a Mozart overnight because, you know, that, that kind of stuff takes time. But can right. you do it? Absolutely. And can you become great at it? Absolutely. So there is there's no limit. There's no ceiling. There's no, you know, wall that's holding you back because of your age, because of, you know, even your gender, your your disposition in life. If you have, you know, a passion for music, that's all it takes. It, it just takes a desire to be able to do it. If you want to play the guitar, the piano, you want to sing. You want to start today, no matter what your age is, you can do that starting today. I mean, there's nothing holding you back. 
And not only that, can you start today from, you know, just from what we were talking about, okay. you could actually be quite successful at it. You know, I mean, it's not there. The, the whole YouTube thing that we were talking about and, you know, social media just in general, there are people in their 60s and 70s doing that right now and making money. Absolutely. You know, so it's like that's what that's what I meant by the playing field being level. You know what I'm saying? There's there's opportunity out here for all of us. So absolutely not. There's please. That's one of the things I've I've always talked about with people. And one of the questions I've gotten pretty much, the you know, my whole com- music career when I started teaching music and stuff like that. Is it too late? Is it, you know, should I do this? I'm in my 30s or 40s, 50s. I'm like, no. Right. <laughs> so, no, absolutely not too late. There's no there's no ceiling or wall on it. That's cool. So what you said about the age uh-huh. and like when we were probably earlier, not to put, not to age us because we're young forever. <laughs> yes. But, <laughs> yes. But I will say you mentioned that there's no ceiling. Mm-hmm. There's no age limit. And that goes in hand with what you said about the freedom. The music industry now, you have people that are breaking into the industry in their 40s, in their 50s. Absolutely. And when we were back in our generation, yeah. that was just unheard of. Yeah, absolutely. It, was a, especially for women. There was a absolutely. very Yeah, I mean, small if you weren't like 20, like by the time you, I mean, literally, and right. like you're, by the time you hit 25, like it was down here. Yeah, it was down here from there. You, and then even in your early 20s, you had to, as a woman, you had to have, you know, this, mm-hmm. had banging body, you had to look a certain yeah. way and all of that kind of Absolutely. stuff. So, I mean, that it's definitely different now where now, again, you could be. You can be yourself. You know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can just, just be yourself. Express and there's yourself. so yeah. much freedom in that. Like yeah. music is therapy. So I agree with what you said about you can do it at any age because yeah. it's kind of like starting to paint, you know, it it's, it's therapeutic. So it is learning music can do all of those things. Absolutely. For you. So tell me, Terrence, what would you say is the mo- most important ingredient for a person who's trying to stand the test of time in music? Well, I mean, I think the answer is in your question. Stand the test of time. It's patience. Okay. It's absolutely patience. It's, you know, I think, that's one of the things that is unfortunate about the society that we live in today. This, you know, what we kind of refer to as the microwave society where we want things done really, really quickly. Right. We want to be able to pop something in the microwave and it come out in 30 seconds. We want to be able to start a workout program and lose 50 pounds in 30 days. Yeah. You know, we want to get rich in the next 90 days, you know, that kind of stuff. Or we want a, a great relationship, you know, a lo- the love of our life and fall in love and get married you know, offer dating app in the next 30 days. Right. And the, and honestly, I mean, I, and I get it, you know, there's... Don't do that show. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't do... Don't try it. Watch your kids. Don't try it. So, no, but like, seriously, there is... And I, I get it. There's a part of... There's room for that kind of stuff in, in the world. And I'm not saying that it doesn't have its value. What I am saying is that there are things like music and having a passion in music and becoming great at something, right. having a meaningful relationship, all of those kind of things, they inherently take time. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And I think one of the lost sort of personality traits that we've lost nowadays is patience. We want everything overnight. You know, we want to be able to start an Instagram and get, you know, 100,000 followers again by next week. And it just doesn't happen like that for most people. And then a lot of people get discouraged because it doesn't happen for them. But if they had, you know, gone into it, just understanding this stuff takes time. 
So I think the answer to that is is absolutely, absolutely patience. It's like you got to have patience. You got to have, you know, if this is something you want to be able to do, you got to put yourself in the mind frame of let me put together a five-year plan, a 10-year plan, yeah. 15, 20-year plan, not the next three months kind of thing. All those short-term goals are important. It's just that you got to have some sort of long-term plan in this and plan for the longevity of it. Because you may not be able to play, if you pick up the piano today, it may take you six months to play your first song and not even be able to play it well. Just kind of tickle the ivories a little bit. So, I mean, it just may do that. But if it's you have a passion for it and it's something you want to do, give yourself that time. So patience is 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 the biggest thing. Patience, guys. Like he said, patience is a lost art that we have to start realizing. It's just a part of it life. Is. Yeah, It absolutely. takes time. Good things take time. Great things take more time. That's right. If you want to be great at something, it's just you got to go into it with the mindset of it's going to take time. Now, you may get lucky. You may be one of the lucky few who started an Instagram today and put out a video and it gets a million hits. And you right. get you may find the love of your life tonight when you hit the club like that, that may happen. happen. I'm just saying it's just like it, it's for the majority. It can of happen. Us, it can. It's not that it's not possible. It's just that it's not the the odds are not for us in most of situations like that where you're looking for something that's meaningful uh you know like a relationship passion in music anything like that it's just it's going to take time it's going to take time yeah i get it all right so let's play a little game 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 let's game do it. time so we're gonna play this <laughs> or that this or that okay and we're gonna keep it like in the context of music okay. so this or that slow jams or upbeat slow jams it's always the slow jams what? for me. It's, the, it's slow- the slow jams, man. I'm telling you, like, okay, yeah, 90s R&B, even 80s R&B. That's yeah. like the classic, even 70s, man, like the yeah. classic slow jams. I love my up-tempo stuff, don't get me wrong, but if I got to choose one, like my Desert Island, I got to choose one of them, it's the slow jams. Yeah. Definitely. I, I agree. I'm giving you shade, but you're I sl- agree. <laughs> you the slow jam too? I got to add the slow jams. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So how about this? Major or minor? In music? In music. Okay, so major key or minor key? Ooh. Do you like happy things? Or do you like That's more? a really good question. Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> let me see. Oh, that's a really good one. Okay. I think I'm hmm. Oh, that's such a toss-up. I let me minor. I'm gonna say minor. He wants both of them, so that's I th- okay. Yeah, I do. I think I equally want both of them, but I think if I just had to choose, I would say minor because I think minor can, if you're looking at it from an emotional standpoint, like you just said, happy, sad, I think there is more emotions involved under the sad umbrella, you know, sad, depressed, things like that versus happy. You kind of just have happy, happy, joy, joy, (laughs) you know, kind of thing. So I think I could be more expressive or have a wider variety of expression with doing stuff in a minor key so okay that's a good question though cool <laughs> like i don't know don't even ask what you me. got okay minor major for you what you got uh, probably minor okay yeah because i'm just all about the i'm all about the love yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Public yeah. romantic type. Sure, sure. Don't, don't. I do mean, that. That's, that's to be fair. There's some love <laughs> stuff that's in major keys, it's but I mean, it's right? like. I guess you could be happy in love too. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah, you could. You could <laughs> C major is happiness. I mean, like, yeah, some, yeah. I mean, I guess, but it's it is those kind of minor vibes where you kind of sense that like love, that longing and stuff. That's what that's what I mean by 
mine are being a little bit more expressive. Yes, so, yeah. expressive. Okay, so how about R&B or jazz? Oh, God, that's another one. <laughs> okay, so it depends. I think in jazz is such a, a wide variety. We would have to be talking about either contemporary jazz, straight ahead jazz or something like that. Whereas in my mind, I kind of view R&B as more holistic of like just the entire genre. So I think I would say R&B. Okay. I think I would say R&B. I mean, that's a good answer. You can't yeah. go wrong with any, yeah, yeah, yeah. either answer. Yeah, yeah. So That's a hard one though. Like, so major, minor, and jazz and R&B. So, okay. Major, jazz, <laughs> and minor <laughs> R&B. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's, that's what I would have to say. So if you had to like put yourself... Would you categorize yourself or like, what is your, are you in a genre? Are you mm. not in a genre? You know how we have R&B singers, pop singers. Yeah, yeah. What are you? I don't know. I know what my sort of um, expertise is or my sort of passion, where my passions lie. I don't necessarily put myself in a category. I'm fine with whatever category I'm in but as far as me saying myself oh i am a this type of artist i'm a that type of artist i can say you what i'm not more so than i can say what right. i am i mean it's hard rock i'm not a hard rock piano player or something <laughs> like so like something like that but most of those styles i think like the jazz the r&b even gospel music stuff like that is kind of a little bit all in the same vein so it's kind of like a, just a uh sort of an amalgamation of all of those things so I don't know. You could call me a jazz artist. You could call me an R&B artist. You could call me a gospel artist, you know, smooth jazz artist, contemporary jazz, straight ahead, whatever. So I, I Whatever. See, he's saying that he's not going to say this, but that's because <laughs> he really pretty much can play anything and everything. So. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, Ashley. I got to give him his plug. Yeah, thank you. But I, it's it's still like, I don't know. Like, I, I do have a passion for certain things. Like, one of the questions I get all the time is like, me being a multi-instrumentalist, what music do I like to play on each instrument? And it's different. It really okay. is different. Like if, I, if I'm if i on drums or something like that, I really like some good, you know, sort of up-tempo uh, fusion type of music or something like that. If I'm on piano, I like smooth stuff. I like smooth jazz. If I'm on, you know, bass or something like that, I like funk because you got to play funk on the bass. So like, same thing with guitar. I like from a guitar. I like some, you know, some country stuff. I like some rock stuff here and there. So it just, it really, it's a toss up for me. Yeah. That's why it's hard to categorize myself and say, oh, I'm this. And because I perform in all of these sort of veins a lot, all the time. I mean, I play keys and drums and guitar and bass about the, not necessarily equal amounts, but fairly equal amounts. So it's like my mind is always on something different. Yeah. So. So I know we've worked together. Mm -hmm. We've done club and we've done corporate. Corporate clubs, yeah. So which one do you prefer? Oh, so it's definitely, that's it's something like, that's kind of a different ball game for me too. So, I mean, it, if I just had to choose one, it's definitely the corporate stuff because it pays more money. Right, I mean, right. That's, of course. <laughs> but there is something to be said about the club stuff, man. Like where it's, you know, you just kind of have, it's a little bit more free. The freedom. Yeah, you can exercise a little bit. You can show your chops and stuff like that. And it's just kind of vibing out a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Whereas with the corporate stuff, it's, you know, a little bit more systematizer. You got to be, you know, if, if the wedding, we're playing for a wedding reception or a company party, 
they want to hear a certain song, you playing that song. That's right. And, yeah. you know, it's you more like a DJ because you're providing a soundtrack for them to dance to and all of that kind of stuff versus a club where it's just people sometimes they're just coming there to sit and listen or sit and eat. And you're the secondary thing. You right. Know? Right. You know, in corporate situations, you're the primary form of entertainment. Absolutely. So it's like you people, if you don't play nothing, people ain't going to dance. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I would if I had to choose one, I would definitely say corporate. But I mean, I like them both equally. OK. So as a musical director, mm -hmm. I want to know who is like the person you would love to be the MD for. <laughs> oh, wow. So, wow, that's it, that list is pretty long. So let me see. <laughs> let me let me see who would be at the top of that list. I think it would be somebody like um, I would say some actually somebody like a Janet Jackson. Okay. And the reason is because she has a, usually when she goes out on tour, she has a huge production as you know, with most artists do, but she has a really, really huge production. And I remember early on, you know, in my career, looking at some of her videos and stuff that she was doing on tour and just seeing like all of the stuff that was happening in the background. I was like, Oh, it would be so cool to be on stage. So that's one person that comes to mind. Somebody else would be somebody like Brian McKnight, um, just to be, like that dude is such an idol of mine as you know one of one of my favorite artists just to be in his presence like i would yeah. be like like he's yeah he so i would love to do something with him and his band um but i mean i could go on and on about them I and there's some country artists there's some even some rock bands and stuff that i would like oh my god i would that would be really cool to be with yeah so, so we need y'all to tag janet in this tag janet janet you hear and me? let her know listen that we have an md extraordinaire and he's he's great girl he's gonna <laughs> You're going to have everything worked out. Call me, Janet. Call me. <laughs> call me, Janet. Please call me. me. Janet. I'm here if you I'm need here. me. Yeah, call me, Janet. Please. Please call me. I've been waiting for you to call me anyway. <laughs> so, tell me, Terrence. Mm -hmm. I love stories. So, okay. I want to know, <laughs> what is your most memorable experience mm. while you've been? And I know you probably have hundreds of them. But tell me, I like to laugh, so <laughs> let's keep it happy, you know. Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> happy stories that I've experienced. Okay, so happy or, or funny. funny. Okay. Funny, yeah. Okay, so I would say probably the funniest, <laughs> one of the funniest <laughs> moments was on a New Year's Eve gig. Okay. And the audience, they got drunk super early. It was like 8 o'clock, <laughs> you know, and you clock. Clock I love these, Arnie. I love I'm, that kind oh of Oh, my audience. God. Like, they got drunk, like, 8 o'clock. So, and this audience, I mean, they came ready to party. It was the perfect, like, the audience that you want when you're playing something because they clap for everything. They're going to dance on everything you do. So, But they were, like, by the time 9, 10 o'clock came, they were super intoxicated. Okay. So, and they come to Wild Out on New Year's Eve. So, there was this one lady. <laughs> And, you know, I sit stage left when I'm on stage. So she was sitting here and I'm kind of facing this way when I'm on keys so I can direct the band. And she was in my peripheral right here. She kept looking at me the whole night and the other band members caught on to it. And they was like, man, you see that lady checking you out? And I was like, yeah, I was trying not to pay attention, but yeah, I see it. So, I mean, she was just waiting for her chance to like pounce on me some kind yeah. of way. She was coming. So, yeah, yeah, when we got ready to do the countdown, this lady found her way up on stage. We we were on an elevated stage, and she found her way up some kind of way. 
didn't go around to the steps. She crawled up on the stage because it was kind of a high stage. Crawled up on me and stood next to me. And then we were doing the countdown. By this point, the rest of the band members, it was just like chickle. It was laughing. It was like, because you know I'm stupid too. I'm sitting up here like, I'd be like, who is this? That's exactly what, that's why they were laughing at me because I was sitting up here like, um, lady, like, what is it that you want right now? So as we're doing the countdown, we get to three, two, one, and then we play all things on for the, you know, thing. This lady comes behind me and she grabs me like this and like, my, bear hug. Yeah, and she grabs my arms. Like, so she's bear hugging me like this. And I it makes me take my hands off the keys. And I'm like, lady, what are you doing? <laughs> and she starts kissing me on the top of my head. <laughs> like, and holding me like, <laughs> like holding me tight. And like, I'm talking about like, her lips was all wet from drinking and stuff. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was the craziest. So again, no. imagine the, by this time the band had lost it. They couldn't even play no oh, more. Like, we you know, been, drum, oh my God. I would have fell out right on the stage. So, and you know, I, again, I, I can't hold my facial expressions. So I'm like doing this the whole time because this lady is like sloppy drunk. And I'm like, oh my God. So, and she, the, here's the thing about it. She holds it for like a good 15, 20 seconds, like before she even let me go. And she's just going in on the top of my head. And I'm like, all righty then <laughs> let me see what we're gonna do there so i mean it was like one of them things like i had to, like somebody please give me a paper towel and some hand sanitizer or something so i can get this <laughs> off my head and that was yeah i mean it was that was one of the funniest things because we time. laughed about it like the rest of the night man it was like i mean they talked about me after they gave <laughs> for so long so yeah that's that's probably one of the funniest things is, that's happened i, I mean i got plenty I stories i wonder with. if she even remembers that probably not i think she was so drunk now to be fair she would she seemed to be like coherent yeah mostly okay. i mean you could tell she was drunk for sure but i mean because she was even the way she walked she was stumbling a little bit but she seemed to be coherent enough to like know Climb on stage yeah head. like she had made it up in her mind early that night and like french kissed your head yes <laughs> like she was going in on top of my head man i was like Oh, okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that's, that's exciting. Man, look. So, yeah, it, you know, we have <laughs> these crazy stories on gigs, man. Some of the funniest stuff and craziest stuff happens. So, like, yeah, it's... that's that's like what makes it so fun. Oh, yeah. Like the yeah, camaraderie yeah. and just yeah, yeah, yeah. the good times, the memories, the stories. Yeah, you know, we got plenty, man. Plenty. We got plenty. <laughs> got plenty. So, yeah. Well, so, <laughs> I mean, like you say, music is it comes pretty flowingly naturally mm. to you but tell me do you still practice how do you stay sharp oh i absolutely still practice one because like i have to like it's you know i'm always performing so that re kind of requires you to learn music and all of that kind of stuff so i don't really have a, a necessarily a systematic way that i approach my practice now like i don't have a schedule like i do like oh 15 minutes every monday and tuesday like it's that kind of thing right um because I have to do it. It's just such an integral part of what I do already. It's like, I just kind of do this. So like, I can give you an example of what a day would look like for me in terms of like learning music and practicing. So if I have something I have to perform for, it's a Monday and I got something got to play that weekend. Somebody sent me a set list. I'll put that set list up, see the stuff on it that I know and that I don't know, pull the stuff up that I don't know, start learning it, listening to it and going over it learning on whatever instrument that I'm going to be playing on that gig and, you know, practicing that way. Um, and then outside of that, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I, I do listen to a lot of, I search out a lot of unknown artists. So I'm learning a lot of what 
the unknown artists are doing as well, just to have that knowledge in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I pretty much play or practice on at least one instrument, most of the time two or three, because, you know, I, I sit at my computer. My workstation is right here. My computer is right here in front of me, and my keyboard is right here in front of me. My bass guitar is right next to me. My acoustic guitar is right next to me. So, I mean, I'll just be sitting there sometimes and just, oh, let me play this song real quick. Okay. So I do that really often throughout the day. Even, you know, I'm a night owl too, so I do yeah. it throughout the night. So, yeah, that's kind of what my non-system system is of of playing. So, I mean, I do it daily. So it's kind of like working out. Like if, if you go to the gym and you kind of just have this way that you work out, it's not really a system. You just go do some Bang. some sit up some chest exercises this kind of stuff and you you know you make that sort of a routine that you do over time so it's more like that okay yeah. so you kind of play pretty much every day mm-hmm. um like if people look at your instagram you play there all the time so yeah. i know people are wondering like how how long did it take before people really start catching on to what you were doing and you know your videos um, took off yeah that's a really good question so as far as social media is concerned, it was, it depends because all of it is a little ambiguous because it's dependent on like the platform. Mm-hmm. So say when videos start getting really popular on Facebook, this was around 2014, 2015, I believe, uh, when they first brought in the ability to go live and all of that. And video start becoming sort of the dominant thing, even on Instagram, because you remember Instagram was just about pictures it's at first. Absolutely. So like it, there was a sort of evolution where it, became that and these each of these platforms have their own algorithms and stuff like that where it's like you know they put out a new feature on it and then they give attention to the people who are using that feature kind of thing so it's it's really ambiguous so when did people start paying attention to me I guess um they kind of always have to some extent there was there's always been like these sort of surges in popularity okay you know so there's there's been sort of like it's it's flowing here. It's just going here at first, and then all of a sudden you have this big surge, and then hundreds of thousands of people are, you know, have liked your video or watched your video or shared your video or whatever the case may be. So, I I can't really say a specific date when it, you know, when, put or when attention started coming to because it's always been sort of that up and down, you know, hill and valley kind of thing. So it's been. In the past seven eight years, it's been just a lot of that. I I think I've been lucky on one of the lucky sides of this whole thing just to have to, you know, create some buzz and get the attention that I've gotten. But it's still, it could go away at any time. It could level out. It could, you know, dip. And then it could shoot back up again. So, I mean, it's, I don't kind of, in my mind, I don't see it as like a, oh, I got popular this time. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. So. Well, I would say it was not luck. I would say it was consistency. (laughs) Well, thank you. Because you've been consistent even when there were there were no watchers wow. yeah, and that is what you have to do in yeah, order yeah, to yeah. be saying you have to do yeah. it when no one's looking. So. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for saying that, that because that's one thing I, I tend to teach and tell people all the time. It really is about the consistency. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I don't see it in my mind as something like that, because for me, it's just what I was doing. Right. It never was about the numbers. It never was about the figures. I mean, if, of course, all of us have in the back of our mind, we want, you know, people to see our stuff and, you know, be popular or whatever. But for me, it was just like, oh, my God, I love these songs. We talked about the type of music I like. I was like, I just I'm creating videos of stuff I love to do. Right. And that's how I was able to be consistent in it because it never felt like, oh, this is work or I'm trying to keep up and trying to get popular. And, oh, this is working. This is not working. I just kept doing it. And that's what I did. So, yeah. 
guess that's what we, what we have to do, man. We got to keep pushing forward. Keep pushing, man. Keep it pushing. Keep it going. That consistency. Yep. So <laughs> if you are out there, you're trying to do music, are you feeling discouraged? Are you getting defeated? Don't get defeated. Don't get defeated, man. Keep it that going. That is a natural and normal emotion, mm. but you have to persevere through it. Yeah. Patience, perseverance, keep it going, consistency. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's from two people that's been in the music industry for yes. a minute. Yes, absolutely. And we're still here. We yeah, still, yeah, yeah. I'm sure we still have moments where we may be like, oh, well, that didn't do what I thought it would do. Yeah. But, you know, we push through. Well, that's a, that's a part of the process, too. I mean, you can't, that's what I, we were talking about a while ago with patience and perseverance. Like, you can't short that process. That's going to be a part of it. Nothing is going to stay at 10 all the time. Right. It's just not, it's just not the way things work. You, whatever we're talking about, passion, love, relationships, like you, you know, the, you know, the whole thing when you first meet somebody and yes. you, you, you know, <laughs> that passion, you know how, you know so, how it works. So, so you, in love. Yeah. Okay. You're so in love and everything is perfect. And then, you know, six months, a year later, you're like, what the hell was I right. thinking? You know, kind of, kind of thing. It's, it's that same sort of process with everything. I mean, and then of course you, you level out. It's just what I was speaking to. It's the hills and valleys. You have some really great times. You have some bad times. And it's that's just a part of it. And you got to understand that with whatever it is that you're going into. Yeah. That's just life's journey. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Well, Terrence. Ash. Why don't you tell everybody <laughs> how they can get in touch with you? Cool. So, yeah, if you're looking at me, for me, you can find me on all my social media. I'm at Terrence Fisher 1. Um, I'm, you know what? I'm going to give you all my phone number. No, I'm not. Ah. Think I'm crazy? No, I'm on all the social media platforms. Ed Terrence Fisher one. You can look me up. I'm on YouTube. You can find you know my YouTube channel at Music Space. Uh, music spelled with a K. You can it's called Music Space. So you can find me there and pretty much all over social media. I mean, I can, I'm easily found. So okay, yeah. Well, cool guys. That's the Music Space for this evening. Terrence Fisher enjoyed as always. Always a pleasure. Thank you, thank you, Ashley. So stay tuned for next show. Um, we're going to have something exciting, something new, something fresh. Something new, That's something fresh. That's what we fresh, do with absolutely. the Music Space Podcast. There so. you go. All right, guys. Thank you for watching. Thank you.